0: This podcast may contain content that is graphic and disturbing in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Four days after her marriage, this beautiful, loving, young 21-year-old newlywed living in South Beach, Florida, was murdered. Was this a brutal murder by a stranger, or did someone else have a motive to kill her? This is episode 36, The Wendy Trapaga Story.
1: Hey, Amy. Hey, Megan. How are you? Great. How are you? Good. Happy New
0: Year. It's great to be back in the studio. Have you heard of Wendy Trapaga? I bet you haven't. I have not, but I do believe it came from one of our listeners, right? It did. Yes. Thank you to Jenny in Colorado. Awesome. Thanks, Jenny. But I didn't somewhat know this case already because I had seen, you know, a dateline or something Mm -hmm. on it earlier. To you, this will be new information. But before we get to that, we've got a few supporters to thank.
1: Yay. All right, first I want to give a big thank you to Alana for her support. I also want to thank Allison and Ariana. Thank you so much, Allison and Ariana. I'd like to say a thank you to
0: Brandy Sullivan Crane. And also another B. We've got Brianna Serkin. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. And a big thank you to Casey and a thank you to Hope Nesbitt. Wonderful, ladies. Thank you very much. And this one actually is a personal one to us. We'd like to say a very big thank you to our former colleague. John from Morristown. Very cool to have a colleague support us. Thank you so much, John. Thank you John. so much. And thank you to
1: Kim White and Leah Nardachi. Thank you, ladies. Thank you to Mariana, Miranda. And lastly, we have Yamil and Karma from Independence,
0: Missouri. Thank you to all of our new patrons and to all of our existing ones. We appreciate it. And a couple of things we want to let you know about. One of them is that we are going to be bringing a bonus episode to everyone soon. However, we are going to release it early for our patrons. So you'll get the first peek at something that I can promise you is going to be super interesting. Finally, I'd like to announce that in February for our patrons, we are going to be hosting a cocktail AMA. We are going to discuss the case of Lisa Montgomery, who is slated to be executed in the federal government very soon. Lots of you wrote in asking us to discuss this topic, and we heard you. We're going to facilitate a discussion, and kind of like we do in our episodes, about this case, about the causes, about whether or not we agree with the criminal justice system decision. But also
1: bring your questions.
0: Absolutely bring your questions. But stay tuned soon, and we'll announce that date, and we look forward to the conversation with you all. Now let's talk about today's main story on Wendy Trapaga. Wendy was born to two loving parents, her father Ernesto, an international airline pilot, unfortunately died when Wendy was a young child, I believe five or six. Mother Miriam raised Wendy, but it was with help from her older siblings, who were half siblings, but who never felt that Wendy was anything less than their sister. And it's obvious when you watch, because I did watch an episode to refresh my memory, how much they loved her and adored her, and she was kind of like the baby. She had two older sisters and one brother, and then her mother would later remarry and give her other siblings. So this is a nice big family and they seemed very close with each other. Wendy loved animals, but she was allergic to animals. Um, she was allergic to cats and dogs. So she couldn't work as a vet as she had once planned. Um, Wendy enrolled in beauty school though, as she loved fashion and design. And that's where she met Michelle Escoto. Michelle Escoto was older than Wendy by about 10 years. And although he apparently had other women interested in him, he and Wendy quickly became a couple. Sorry, Michelle's a male? Michelle's a male, yes. Gotcha. Michelle, okay. uh, Michelle French, maybe, I don't know. Michelle. But Michelle Escoto. He and Wendy became a couple, and it was obvious that Wendy was head over heels. And other people described him as being head over heels as well. They seemed like this happy couple. But Wendy's family said that they never liked him. Her sister said that she literally wiped her hand clean after she shook his for the first time because she got such a, like a sleazy kind of bad vibe from him, which is interesting because I was watching this and I'm going, well, nobody can shake hands anymore, oh, obviously. Yeah. Um, Crazy, yeah. But she got a bad feeling. The family also said that they saw several incidents of Escoto losing his temper with Wendy. Wendy was very sweet. And one of the things that I can tell you that I was struck by when I watched this episode and that stayed with me even years later, she had the most beautiful smile I'd ever seen, like just the warmest. I would encourage people to. She just literally looked like the most loving person. And the family said that they saw him pound his fist a couple of times when he got angry um, or raise his voice. And they actually said that they saw him yell at Wendy a couple times in their presence. And that was early on. Not that it's okay later on for mm. you to yell, but you know what I mean. <laughs> that being said, Wendy and Michelle moved in together within six months in a modest apartment in South Beach. But they didn't live on like, they described like they, they didn't live on the cool side because they kind of, you know didn't quite have the money, but they definitely engaged in the, the cool activities. They were going to the bars, they were going to the clubs, and that would come into play later on. Have you been to South Beach? Yes, many times. Really? Yeah. I've only been once, but I wasn't, I don't think I was cool enough for South Beach. I was cool enough, Megan. I know. You probably <laughs> That's probably true. No,
1: my best friend, remember Christy? She yeah. lived in Florida. She went to college in Florida. So oh. I used to drive down to see her on my spring breaks and we'd go to South Beach. You mean your other best friend? Sorry, my other best friend. Okay,
0: okay. so South Beach, you probably know the scene then. I'm sure you guys were out late mm-hmm. at the clubs. There's tons, right? Tons of bars. They're open all night. Oh, tons yeah. of dancing. I mean, it's all lit up. It's like an exciting party scene. So they were part of that party scene. However, Wendy got pregnant pretty quickly. Party uh, over. Uh, part- <laughs> exactly, right? She got pregnant quickly. And after she was pregnant, she and Michelle did a quiet ceremony at City Hall. And there's also a video of that. The reason why is that Wendy had previously been married briefly, and she had done the whole big ceremony and the white dress and all of that. So theirs was just a quiet ceremony. And she was
1: quite young here.
0: She was quite young. She was only 21. So I imagine it was, you know, a 19-year-old mistake or something mm-hmm. of that nature. It was over quick. And then she went on. Mm-hmm. After they got married, the two went on a very short honeymoon of a few days in Key West. And then came home to their apartment in South Beach. Have you been to Key West? I have. God, you, you've really done the rounds. Huh? I I went to one of the
1: Keys, but I, I don't remember which one it was. And it wasn't I wasn't re- the West one.
0: I, re- I, re- I remember I didn't like it. It was just all um, That's diving. Key
1: West is that not?
0: It's all scoop. It was all about like scoop. If you weren't diving, like there was yeah. no reason for me to go. I uh, guess gotcha. I just okay. didn't appreciate it as much. Um, <laughs> okay, so they returned to South Beach after, and here's where things take a very odd turn. Because early the next morning on October 14th, 2002, Michelle Escoto called his mother-in-law saying that he and Wendy had had an argument and that Wendy had packed up to go to her mother's house. But her mother's like, well, she's not here and she's never been here. Just to be clear, this is only four days after they they got married. Mm -hmm. And now he's saying, no, we had an argument and she left. Wendy's mother and her family members were concerned very quickly
1: and how she was pregnant at this point as well she she was pregnant
0: at this point but we're not sure how pregnant and the pregnancy question actually comes into play a little bit later so hold on to that thought you know while some families might wait a little bit longer on missing persons cases wendy's family didn't wait long at all they were immediately concerned they knew something was wrong sadly they didn't have to wait long to find out what happened to Wendy. While some families will have to wait a long time to find out if their loved one was murdered or was just missing, Wendy was found very quickly, but she wasn't alive. And it was her body that was found outside of a desolate warehouse. She had been bludgeoned to death, apparently so badly that her beautiful face was not recognizable, which is really sad for the mm-hmm. families too, especially when they're you know, going to make their arrangements mm-hmm. for after. The police described Wendy as looking like she had been dressed somewhere nice to go out, but she didn't have shoes on, which they thought was odd. The police quickly informed Wendy's mother that her daughter was murdered, and then they went to see Michelle Escoto, who had been acting so concerned calling Wendy's family and seemingly the worried spouse. When the police spoke to him, Michelle Escoto said that he and Wendy went to a hotel the night before that had fantasy suites to continue their honeymoon, and that they checked out at 4 a.m. to head home. And when they got home, they had an argument in their parking lot.
1: 4 a.m.? Well, Thank you. He's trying to set up some sort of alibi or story here. I'm thinking who,
0: <laughs> other than a flight, who would go to a hotel for a you know honeymoon night or any type of celebration? and leave at 4 a.m. But also you just got back from your honeymoon. So why do you need? That's a good question. His explanation was just that it was our honeymoon was too short. We were still feeling like we should treat ourselves. <laughs> this was and they, they did go to this hotel. Um, this was one of those like, I don't know, you know, the, the like the Pocono heart shaped. Yeah, so that, well, that's
1: what I pictured. No, the champagne glass. You know, you've never seen the champagne, the Mount Airy Lodge. It's like the big champagne glass, and people are taking a bath inside of the champagne glass. I totally forgot about that. Okay, <laughs> well, that's exactly what this was. That's like. That's what I pictured. Okay, and and kind of like a kitschy like hotel.
0: Yeah, well, that is what it was like. Okay. But the the question yeah, that everyone yeah. should be asking is: Are would they really leave at four a.m.? Did one of them
1: have work really early? Is there other explanation for why they would need to leave that early? No, I don't think so. And. Interestingly, I'm pretty sure he didn't work
0: very much, so okay. uh, maybe maybe Wendy did, but yeah. he didn't. I don't think they would. I don't think there was any good reason he gave for why they left at 4 a.m. That I heard anyway. Escoto mm-hmm. said that's what they did. They came back and that we they had this argument in the parking lot, and that he left Wendy in the car in front of their apartment complex after this fight at 4 a.m. And a few minutes later, when he came back to confront her, she was gone, and so was the car okay that's his explanation for what happened you might ask did he speak to authorities <laughs> well he spoke to the authorities it's police freely and close to about 14 hours without asking for a lawyer
1: so he's talking he's acting
0: concerned the story what time did
1: he call the family looking for her do we know i do know because he claims the fight happened at 4 a.m like how long did he wait He called pretty quickly. Yeah, no, it it was
0: shortly after. Uh, He was immediately, and he called multiple times. Again, he was acting ever the concerned Mm -hmm. spouse. Whether it was an act or not, you can judge for yourself. Police said that, you know, he was cooperative, but they were suspects because Mm -hmm. this is a story that just doesn't add up. Now that Wendy has been identified, they know she's been murdered. They've spoken to Michelle. They have to start to put together the pieces here. And the police find out pretty quickly that Michelle and Wendy were part of the swingers' lifestyle in Miami Beach.
1: Yeah. Is that why they were at the hotel? No.
0: And it seems that this is, you know, it seems that they maybe were on the fringes, like not fully immersed, more like this was Michelle's desire. And maybe and I don't think it was Wendy's, but maybe she participated in some things you know it's unfair too because she's not around to say what, and mm-hmm. it's really more of his word. Yeah, the problem or the the good thing I don't you whichever way you look at it is that this emerges as a possible motivation for the crime that some type of sexual swinging situation went awry.
1: Did I'm sorry? Did they find this out from Michelle or from other investigative? They
0: did. They found out from Michelle. He okay. talked about it. He talked openly and freely about it, and you know he describes himself as club goers, and we also partook in this and mm-hmm. the swingers. So they found out, or from-
1: he's just trying to set up a
0: i was gonna say so <laughs> yeah. you can either look at this and say why would he tell them that well perhaps he's trying to provide them with uh, like you had mentioned an alternative. Altern- yeah
1: okay so the police
0: are looking at this though like is this is there you know is there some involvement with someone they met at a sw- swing and clubs maybe someone became obsessed with wendy also she was this young beautiful vivacious woman maybe someone's following them so they look at this as an mm-hmm. angle and i think they take this serious We also have someone else emerge as a key suspect in this investigation, and that was Yolanda Cerillo. She was the ex-girlfriend of Michelle Escoto, and she was very much still in love with him.
1: Can I ask, was Wendy sexually assaulted at all? No signs of sexual assault.
0: That's usually a good right away to see, like, if you don't have a stranger or sexual assault, how does that fit with the swingers club? Mm Mm-hmm. But no, there was not signs of a sexual assault. There was, however, though, I told you that she was bludgeoned. Mm -hmm. She was also strangled. They believe the bludgeoning was what essentially ended her life. So we have Yolanda who's entering the scene now, and she's very much in love with Michelle. He had left her for Wendy. Mm. And then apparently, I I couldn't even believe this small detail. I just have to let you know. He left her, he marries Wendy, and then he asked Yolanda to dog sit while they went on their honeymoon.
1: Oh, jeez. And she does it. Really? Yeah. She Aww. was so,
0: like, in love with him. Let me tell you, Yolanda, I have to describe her because she's a star- Every time you say
1: that, I want to say Yolanda Vega. Oh, me too. <laughs> do you know I think her? of that.
0: Yes, yes. Of course I do. The lottery. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not okay. her. So okay. we'll go with, you know. <laughs> Let me talk about who she was because this is, she's kind of diametrically opposed to Wendy in a number of ways. Yolanda was a single mother. She was much older. So if Wendy's in her 20s, Yolanda's in in her 40s. Because
1: Michelle's older anyway. Michelle's somewhere in
0: between the two of them. Um, She's, you know, she's, I think Michelle's like 10 years older than one and 10 years younger than the other. Gotcha. Physically, a a contrast. She also is, you know, has had a career for a while, has a child. She had been with Michelle for quite some time and she was dependent on him. I Mm -hmm. guess in that way, you know, she and Wendy might have been the same. Did they have
1: any children together?
0: They did not have any children together. I do believe that he was active with her child, but no, none together. Yolanda also spoke with detectives saying that she had no information about Wendy's death, but police noted that her apartment was in a very close proximity to where Wendy's body was found, and she's also a woman scorned, so they consider her a suspect right away. Or
1: also Michelle could have put the body there knowing that the police would maybe suspect her. So possibly she's being framed
0: by him. Mm -hmm. I mean, either way, at this point, they consider her Mm -hmm. like they're they're focusing in on her. Police also find out that Michelle Escoto has a million dollar insurance policy on his new wife of four days. Uh. Guilty? Um, <laughs> no, there. I mean, motive. When I watched the episode, her family actually said that they were very upset when she told them that they were getting these life insurance policies. They said, "You're a young, you know, you guys are 21 and or 31. You you're so young. Why would you take out a million dollars insurance mm. policy?" And Michelle Escoto's response when the police said, "Why did you need a million dollars?" Like, well, she took a million dollars out on me as well. And the police officers like, "Yeah, but you're alive. So <sighs> that, what does that have to do with anything?" Right. It was his idea, and I mean, it is definitely one of those things when you when you hear yeah. about the insurance. Michelle Escoto also said that the argument they had in that parking lot, that pivotal argument, was because Wendy had lied about being pregnant.
1: Lied, meaning that she said she was and she actually wasn't. That's according to Michelle Escoto. Well, it's easy to figure this one out. Well, it
0: is easy to figure this one out. So in her autopsy, it was revealed that she was not pregnant. It doesn't mean, I just want to point out, it's easy to figure it out. It doesn't mean that she wasn't at some point. She that's might right. have been. And unfortunately, like early on, could have been an early miscarriage.
1: Who else? She told other people she was pregnant or just yes. Michelle? Oh, she did. Yes. Okay. Could that not have been motive if if she lied to him and said, I'm pregnant and he found out she wasn't? He's pretty much giving the police another motive.
0: Yeah, he is. No, that's a, <laughs> that's a fair point. Great. Now you've got the insurance on that. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't look good. He's He's really not looking good at all. He refused to take a lie detector test, and his cooperation began to wane. The police, they believe that Escoto killed Wendy for the insurance money, which was always the plan. Mm -hmm. They believe he married her. They believe this is premeditated. They think he picked her out as a victim, married her, and did all of this just to get the insurance How long were
1: they dating before they got married?
0: Not long. Not long at all. And she's dead four days after. So I mean, I would say most likely did not plan this in four days.
1: So they're no longer looking at Michelle's ex. Yolanda? At this point, yes. They are
0: still looking at Yolanda. Do they
1: think they were working in tandem?
0: They're wondering at this point, is she involved? Ah. Is she helping him? Or, you know, they still do think it could be either one of them, but they're looking at both of them. And they've pretty much moved on from this being some type of sex swinger, you know, situation gone awry. But at this point, they don't have the evidence that they need. They did not find a murder weapon and they don't have surveillance. They have some cell phone record activity, but the only cell phone activity they have is a phone call that Michelle Escoto made to Yolanda at like two or three o'clock in the morning. And so it's like odd and they're like, Why are you calling? How your- long
1: was that call? It hmm. wasn't that long, but like was it like
0: a butt dial maybe? Or it was no, an
1: actual It pickup? was an actual
0: call. And That's they're random. they're like, Why are you calling your ex on the night that you are, you know, you're you've come back with that your new look wife. Good. No, it didn't look good. He gave an excuse. He said her she had a sick child and I was just calling to check on the child. I mean, I've never called you at 2 or 3 a.m. to check on a kid.
1: No, that's shady.
0: But anyway, okay. In the meantime, while the police are looking at these two and they're collecting as much evidence as they can, the insurance company is also investigating because they don't think this sounds legit either. And certainly they don't want to pay up the million dollars if yeah. this isn't right, if this isn't real. But sick of waiting for his money, Michelle Escoto sues the insurance company. He wanted to get his money right wow. away. How bad does that look, too? It's not only that you I see these cases where people call the insurance company like the next day and you're like unless, you know, your spouse dies and you have kids and like you have all these yeah. overwhelming bills, don't call the next day. It really does make you look pretty guilty.
1: That's crazy. Good and, for the insurance company for they didn't give it to him, right? Cuz they did they know he was under investigation. Oh, yeah, they thought it was suspicious. Yeah. And
0: sick of waiting also, Wendy's family filed a wrongful death suit against Michelle in civil court, Good. which is very interesting because Michelle would have to testify. I don't know if you know, there's kind of some mixed law on whether or not a person could take the fifth in a civil case. Mm. Technically, um, the Supreme Court has said yes, though it's not a blanket protection like when you are allowed to invoke your fifth in a mm-hmm. criminal trial. It's not a blanket protection in all civil cases. Um, but Escoda would have to testify anyway, because the insurance company was holding the money to see what happened. But if he was found guilty of Wendy's death then no money, he's going to have to give information. You know, in civil cases, they have depositions, and he could not not participate in it. Otherwise, he would have had to drop his case. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? His yeah.
1: unwillingness would negate the case. So he had no choice.
0: He had no choice, really. There was no choice. And he testified at a deposition, but his story changed. He said that it was Wendy's idea to go to the hotel that night before she died. But later, it was revealed that that hotel room was purchased ahead of time by none other than Yolanda. Oh, wow. The plot's starting to thicken here. Now you see it. There were other lies in this deposition. He admitted that he and Yolanda were back together and living together after the murder. Right after the murder, they got back together, and in fact, yes, we're living together. This is what he's saying during his deposition, and this is the deposition in which he's trying to get his. So insurance what does he money. say?
1: How does he? How does he explain that the room was paid for on Yolanda's card? Was it a wedding gift? <laughs>
0: I don't know what his explanation was, actually. I don't recall. There were other lies, too. And he, you know, they That's found nuts. they found that out later on. There were other lies. And he I mean, the deposition did not go well for Michelle Escoto. I mean, he still seemed kind of confident during it, but it wasn't going well. As I said before, the phone records showed that he, it wasn't that he called Yolanda, but he beeped her. That was at the time of beepers. Oh, 143. Remember? (laughs) So he beeped her in the middle of the night that Wendy disappeared. And Michelle said, uh, again, he said he's concerned about her child who was sick at the time. But it was later disproved and there was no sick child. So that was a lie too. So he gets caught in that lie. God. He didn't show up to his civil trial after the first day because he got so spooked. So he never came back and Wendy's family got the $1 million in insurance money and they won their first round of legal battles.
1: Because he didn't show up, that's correct. Wow, and he wanted that money clearly He wanted, bad,
0: but. That would have been probably the yeah. motive here, but he was so rattled Wow, so quickly. So they took the money right away and the police, they were like, you know what, it's time to arrest him. He was arrested like three or four days afterwards.
1: They can't use that as probable cause though to arrest him, can they? The fact that he didn't show up. No, not
0: that fact, okay. but the fact that he's on—he's on record lying. Oh, okay. Gotcha. He's got a recorded deposition, okay. and he's telling lies. And so pol- he's perjured now, too. He's perjured, yeah. but you know they're using this as evidence. Yeah. He's lying, so now mm-hmm. now he's—he's he's giving us the evidence we need to yep. arrest him. Okay,
1: great. They didn't arrest Yolanda at this point.
0: No, okay. Escoda was arrested in two thousand five, but the police still weren't sure that they had enough evidence to arrest Yolanda. So they believed she was involved. What do you think they do then? They wiretap someone. Oh, that was a good guess. No. No. They think she's involved, but... They
1: bring her in for questioning.
0: And they meet with Yolanda, and she agrees to meet with them, and she does it a couple of
1: times. now she's an incentivized witness.
0: Ah, so Yolanda, the whole game here, as they said, was we wanted Yolanda to tell us the truth, and so we were going to incentivize her. So Yolanda agreed to tell them everything. She finally said, okay, all right, the jig is up. Yeah. I'm going to tell you everything and I will do it on the stand at his murder trial in exchange for a deal. Because why else? Yeah. Are you going to ask me what kind of deal she
1: got? Yeah, immunity. Oh, okay. No. Full immunity? Um, immunity against a murder or accessory to murder. Okay. What is it? I'm not going to tell you till the end. I oh. just wanted
0: to know what you thought now. Okay. Because she's going to admit that she had involvement in this yeah. crime. Like real involvement. Yeah. Okay. So you think immunity to all charges. Why else would she do it? Well, you know, some people get partial immunity. You know what I mean? Like lesser, you plead guilty to manslaughter. no, I feel like. She's all in on yep. this. Okay. Well, let's get to the trial and see what happened. The trial was an event in itself. Not all murder trials are as exciting as the salacious ones we watch on Dateline, but this one certainly was. Escoto decided who better than to represent him than himself. Oh, boy. Okay. You know, the old saying goes, the defendant who represents himself has a fool for a client.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. That's it.
0: Well, he decided to do it anyway. So what happens at trial? Well, it's, this
1: is because he's cocky,
0: huh? I think this is because yeah. he's cocky. Yeah. Yeah. And he's sporting like the cocky. The, oh, what did you call it before in another episode? The geek defense. Oh, yeah. He showed glasses. up all of a sudden. He's got glasses and he's got like the collared shirts on and sweaters over them. So, and khakis. He's, so
1: he's going to cross examine Yolanda. E- Amazing.
0: Exactly. Wow. And now he's got appointed counsel to aid yeah. him because they always appoint, you yeah. know, that even when they represent themselves, the yeah. judge will always say someone's got to. Yeah. All right. Another former lover of Escoto's took the stands and he's cross examining her. She said that she gave him money, Eskoto money, every month. And basically, she maintained him, like $1,500. Why? And, well, here's what they were able to show with the trial. Escoto was like a kept man. That was his game. He was like a, a con man who lived off of women. They showed like was this. Was he good looking? I, I think he's average. Okay. There, there, There's nothing particularly dashing about him, I would gotcha. say. he just. So had, I'm wondering if
1: it was like a Dirty John type of. You know how like Dirty John was?
0: No, I do understand. I don't think there was anything particularly, nobody really described him that way. Although it seemed that a long string of women, he was able to manipulate them. This woman who took the stand said that not only did she give him $1,500 a month, but she also bought him a motorcycle, a car, and there were other women who were shown to take care of him. So he was just a guy who lived off of women. Which didn't help his cause because obviously then he would look at Wendy as the million-dollar payday. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have a couple of his, you know, former lovers. Then obviously the highlight is going to be when Yolanda takes the stand. Yolanda would finally tell the court, family, and spectators what she said really happened to Wendy. And that's what everyone was waiting for. So this was on her direct examination. First, she said that she was heartbroken by Michelle's decision to leave her, you know, just setting the stage. But then she said that Michelle was just going to marry Wendy for the money and then Wendy would die and they would get back together. Oh, Good. Yolanda said that she helped Michelle plan and carry out his crime now. I just want to say that Yolanda had said before when she struck the deal that she helped afterwards. On on the stand, she is telling a different story. She is now explaining that she helped in the planning and at various stages. She premeditated this murder with him.
1: So she's no longer immune, is she?
0: That's a question that we're gonna, uh, that's the question that I wanna ask you later and what you think, because Mm -hmm. initially when she negotiated the deal, it was that she had done things afterwards to help him cover up and she knew and Mm -hmm. whatnot. Now what we're hearing at trial, wait till you hear this. She said that she helped michelle try to simulate a drowning in her own tub of herself basically had michelle drown her to see what it would look like would it leave physical marks and, and this was her idea just so you know oh my God. and she said that after she came up from the water because she uh you know almost or got close to drowning she told michelle no you can't do that because it's going to leave marks if you hold her down She suggested that he drug Wendy to knock her out and then drown her using a towel to hold her down instead of hands so that it wouldn't leave those marks we were just talking about.
1: And she's saying all this on the stand.
0: All this on the stand. And she's crying and talking about how she's remorseful or she might be remorseful or she might be a complete, you know, uh, antisocial. Yeah. Uh, I mean, on the stand, she's crying, but you don't know if she's crying for herself. You don't know if it's fake. Yolanda also helped him grind up. They got Percocet and they grind up basically the Percocet. She did it like with the mortar and pestle. Oh, sorry. No, she didn't get the drugs, but she, he got them and she helped grind them up. So she's again, at every step she's planning, she's helping. Escoto slipped the drugs in Wendy's drink that night in the hotel, you know, the hotel Mm -hmm. they went to near their home, but he couldn't drown her. And I don't know if it's like he couldn't go through with it or he just couldn't. She was still, and Wendy wasn't completely out. So he put a clearly out of it Wendy in the car and took her to Yolanda's house, which was the call that he made to her, where he told Yolanda to follow him around in the car. and he eventually said he would take care of it. So Yolanda follows him around and then um, Yolanda's waiting for him and he strangles her and he bludgeons her with a tire iron. Yolanda picked him up on the street with a Skoto holding a tire iron, and he was bloody. And then she said that he threw the tire iron into the ocean. Yolanda said that she got physically sick at the sight and smell of Wendy's blood all over Escoto and vomited on the street outside the car door. Okay. okay. Well, now, I mean, you know, this is this is the story. This is what they've been waiting to hear. Yolanda said that she disposed of Escoto's clothes, which were covered in Wendy's blood. And now the real shocking part of the trial. I mean, this was all very shocking information. This was horrible for Wendy's family mm-hmm. to know that these two. You know, I mean, what went into this? The the planning that went into this, and you know, it was a brutal murder. It was a tire iron. Mm-hmm. Think about that. So Escoto, I said, had decided to represent himself, and now he has to cross examine mm-hmm. Yolanda. Escoto, he wasn't great. He didn't, you know. he's
1: maintaining his innocence.
0: Oh, yeah. No, he's maintaining his innocence. He stumbled all over his words, though. He was not a good lawyer. He literally at one point, like, stumbled over himself, like, falling. He seemed <laughs> almost pathetic. He went at Yolanda about this. He was just trying to show that she was a liar. His main a- attack on Yolanda was that she was the one who was still in love with him. She was the woman who was scorned, and she was the one who had more of a motive because... She wanted Wendy out of the way so they could get back together. And obviously, he's got the fact that she's up there saying that she participated in this crime, that she planned this crime. Her credibility is obviously an issue. Now, Escoto kind of seemed pathetic throughout this. He was very soft spoken. And even he asked all of his former girlfriends, including Yolanda, did I ever lay a hand on you? Did I ever hurt you? They all said no. You were never violent. Mm -hmm. It was not like that. And he seemed not threatening until he cross-examined the civil attorney who represented Wendy's family at their trial. And when the attorney gave an answer, basically, whatever the question was, he said, well, I just knew that you had killed Wendy for the money. Ascoto went nuts and, like, threatened him in court in front of the <laughs> jury,
1: okay, saying… Like, got angry and was like… He, he
0: literally said to him, like, what did you just say to me? Say that again. Say that again. Because even with all these people here, I will like, he he like lost it. And whether or not he really lost it or he thought maybe he was looking like, you know, you know, I'm really indignant about this. It did not go well. The judge admonished him. And this was quite the scene. And what happened was he kept having uh, outbursts through the rest. He was getting flustered. And the prosecutor motioned to the court. She said that she and her staff felt very threatened being close to him because, you know, the physical proximity. And the court basically had to physically put barriers in between them to ensure the prosecutor and her staff and their safety. The toxicology report was kind of, I would say, a wash. It showed that Wendy had some narcotics in her. It did show that she had Percocet, but not so much that it would have rendered her or incapacitated her, which fits with what Yolanda said. They said she was out of it, but not completely. Mm -hmm. The defense, obviously, Escoto and his team is using this to say, no, she just took a little bit. We didn't put this in her drink. Then the medical examiner took the stand and said that he believed Wendy was hit by two assailants, which was somewhat of a shock, but not based necessarily. On what? Do you know what it was based on? Yeah, there was some of the, the blows to her. He said it, one looked like this came from a right-handed person, another from a left-handed person. Okay. But that could be. It could be. Yeah. But you might also then say, well, maybe Yolanda participated even more than she actually said. Maybe she was there actually helping him. And physically harming Wendy or or hurting her. Maybe she participated more than she said she did. There was no DNA from a found on Wendy. No weapon found.
1: We know that. But wouldn't his DNA have been on her anyway if they were together at the hotel? Yeah. Right? So that's Right. Yeah, that's that's a wash. I mean, you just didn't have you know, you, yeah. you know they like the
0: DNA evidence. Yeah, After a bizarre seven week trial, prosecutor Gail Levine would give her closing, explaining that she would love to charge Yolanda, but she didn't because of her deal and I want you to remember that because I, I want to discuss this deal a bit more. That's what the prosecutor said. She got up and said, Yolanda Sario is the most disgusting person. She's guilty. I want to charge her too, but I can't. I'm bound by this deal I made with her. And without her, we would have never gotten him. And he was the mastermind. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, his, his con, his murder. Escoto had his court appointed counsel provide the closing. He hadn't done a good job. Maybe he thought this was his last ditch effort. He said the case was circumstantial. He got up there and said, look, this is a circumstantial case. And really, there was never enough evidence to convict Escoto. He pointed to the obvious killer who made a deal on the stand and saved her hide, implicated Escoto. But what would the jury think? There was a verdict in less than three hours. What do you think, Amy? Too short. Yeah. And what do you think that means? Guilty. Guilty of first degree premeditated murder. Escoto had no reaction, but the family cried out in obvious relief and possibly joy that Wendy would have some justice. Escoto was sentenced to life in prison, but continued to proclaim his innocence at the sentencing hearing. Went on you have, you know, incarcerated an innocent man. Well, first of all, what are your thoughts about Escoto?
1: Well, I want to know, did Yolanda, like what was Yolanda's deal?
0: All right. You, I, I had asked you what you thought Yolanda would get in her deal. She got absolute immunity. No prosecution for anything. I figured that. She walked out completely a free woman. I don't agree with the prosecution's deal on that. And that's what I, that, this is my problem. If you also lie during these um, negotiations yeah. for immunity, the prosecutor can actually go back and, and rescind the immunity. Apparently, it's not that easy to do so and you have to petition through the courts I don't know. To me, it sounded very much like she said at, in the beginning, she said, I helped afterwards. And then all of a sudden, as they got further
1: in, she was like, no, I helped plan. I think it's clear that if you believe Michelle is guilty, you believe then Yolanda had to have had a part in it as well. And I don't think it's fair. No. that Even if he was a mastermind, she clearly, and I think that they could have built a case without her. Do you think they could not have? I understand it was just circumstantial, but I feel like, this is the situation where they were so quick to go the easy way out, which is strike this deal. I agree. I do think they could have built the case. I mean, she had a life insurance. Like people get convicted with much less evidence.
0: I agree. And I think they had almost all cases are circumstantial yeah. at this point. I mean, so many of them are, which is, is something that people don't quite understand. But they've got a life insurance policy. They've got the phone call to her in the middle of the night. No one else got has him lying. Like, She's got Percocet in her system that he purchased. He's got the motive. So, yeah, I do think that they could have. I think they could have gone or alternately, um, I think that they could have negotiated with her, but she should have had to have pled guilty to, to something. Yeah, to a serious felony and serve prison time. Yep. I think it's absolutely wrong that she got out or walked right out the door. Do you know and the, people were very angry. I was going to ask, did people did, have
1: issue? The family yeah, have issue with that?
0: They they did have issue with it. They were glad they got a SCOTO. They thought I think they thought that he was the primary. But the community members too, like people were just kind of outraged that this woman got to walk out. And I agree. Wendy's family sued her in a civil case and they won a judgment against uh, Yolanda for the wrongful death of their daughter, Wendy, and damages in excess of more than $40 million. But she'll never, she'll never serve a day in prison. The family said, the sister, I saw this um, when I was watching the uh, Dateline episode, she said if she has to pay a penny every day for the rest of her life, at least she'll have to think about this every day for the rest of her life. And that's all we care about.
1: Yeah. So was justice served here? No, I think it's awful that Yolanda gets to go on and live her life and Wendy did not. Yeah, I think we can
0: agree. I th- I don't even think you would disagree that Escoto is guilty and he got what he deserved. But certainly, I don't believe it was justice as it comes to her and- I, and I
1: feel bad for Michelle. Don't ever trust someone, <laughs> like she turned. Like she turned the tables on him. They were supposed to, you know, be together, and that's what he gets for being a womanizer. I guess, right?
0: I was going to say, yep, he got his. That's for sure. Um. Anyway, final conclusions. Justice served one, not the other. Wendy's family has some peace of mind, and that's the most probably the most important
1: thing. Yes, here. I agree. At least they have someone who's held accountable, and they were at least happy
0: that also Yolanda even if a, even in a civil at least they case, won some yeah she was found guilty of the wrongful death of their yep. daughter that's so. true yeah okay now that we've finished
1: today's episode we'd like to get to some patron questions yeah so we have two questions today Megan The first question I think you're the most suited to answer, Brandy wants to know, what made you focus on women in crime as your podcast topic? And Megan, I know that you have this answer ready to go.
0: Well, it's just that it's an easy one for me though. Thank you, Brandy, for asking. I teach women in crime. It's a course I've taught for a long time and I absolutely love it. And after we did direct appeal and the Melanie McGuire case, all these people started writing in, listeners and other people suggesting cases and asking for cases on other women. And I noticed that they were predominantly female cases. And I thought, wow, people really want to know more about women in crime. And it just literally occurred to me right at that moment, we should do a show that's just female-centered. And of course, I couldn't do the show without Amy, just like I couldn't have done Direct Appeal* without Amy.
1: All right. Thank you so much for that question, Brandy. Our next question today is from Karma. This is a good one. If you had the opportunity to work on any case, what would it be? Can I do a spoiler alert to a case we're going to be covering soon? Because I would love to work on the Sandy Melgar case. Do not go Googling it and looking into it because we are going to do an episode on it very soon. But it's a woman who I strongly believe has been wrongfully convicted and she's currently in prison.
0: That's a great case, Amy. I mean, I'd love to still work on the John JonBenet case because I'm obsessed with that, Basically. of course. I'd love to work on, I'd love to help to reopen the Cindy James investigation mm. since we absolutely don't know what happened to That's her. That's a good one. And I'd like to work on, well, I don't, I'm not going to give a spoiler because we are going to be looking at some new cases on Direct Appeal Season 2. And these are cases where there are strong questions about the innocence. We'll stop there. Thank you so much. We
1: love your questions. Thank Thank you.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Amy. Thank you, Megan. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll catch you next time on Women in Crime. Women in Crime is written and hosted by Megan Sachs and Amy Schlossberg. Our producer and editor is James Varga. Our music is composed by Dessert Media. If you enjoy the show, you can get access to ad-free episodes, exclusive AMAs, and other bonus content for a small monthly contribution through Patreon. To find out more, visit patreon.com slash Crime. Sources for today's episode include Dateline, Secrets Uncovered, The Daily Mail,
1: and The Miami Herald. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends.